0: Hey lifers and welcome to another episode of Because Life Can Be a Niche Podcast. Thank you so much for riding with us again and coming into the living room doing life. So appreciate you. If you are listening, wherever you get your podcast, if you're listening right now, thank you for listening. And why don't you do us a favor, pop on over to the YouTube channel, Life Can Be a Niche, and watch and subscribe and share and like and tell all your friends about us because uh, we need that. And you know, if you're watching and you're on the YouTube channel, we appreciate you. We thank you. If you haven't told anybody about it, share it, like it, get in the comments, tell us what you want to talk about. Uh, We'd love to hear it and talk about it and get into it because that's what we do. We talk about everything involving life. Anyway, moving on. You can reach me on social media, Katie Bryant Writes. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But to be honest, don't do much on Twitter. But I'm definitely on Instagram and on Facebook. So... More often, I should say. So, you know, come on in there and let's have conversations and really get the conversation going. Because this one today, of what I'm really talking about today, I think you're going to really, I think some people are going to have strong opinions or perhaps really good advice that I need and want to hear or that somebody else may need. So um, with all that, you know how we always do it. In here sipping on our tea. You guys, it's uh, not a tea cup, but it's my cup. It's my Because Life Can Be a Niche Cup. You can get one of these. Just let us know. Get in the comments. And we can get you a Because Life Can Be a Niche Cup. But I drink my tea out of it. And I am excited to share it. I have two teas coming up for the next two episodes. And I'm really excited about one because it's a black-owned business. Two, it's a woman-owned business. So it's some mompreneurs out there doing their thing, making tea. Um, so it's Ivy Tea Company. And the only reason I don't have it in my cup right now is because I'm recording and it's daytime and the tea has chamomile in it. So can't do that. Um, during the day because it is relaxing and it tastes so good and it's so delicious. So, um, you are just going to I mean, I love it, but it's uh, from IBT Company and I'm excited. I've been drinking it. I'm going to drink some tonight, but I can't drink it now because I'm like, oh, y'all, I might go to sleep. So <laughs> we can't have that. Um, but anyway, getting into the topic today, I have gotten, like, we dropped an episode last. If you missed the last episode, we were talking to Natasha Visser. About kids and about uh, when you have to talk with them and when is it appropriate, you know, talk about sex and all those things. And then before that, you know, we we talked about finances and money and, you know, just ways that you can have passive income and invest in yourself. But guys, um, I got questions, had nothing to do with either one of those things. So, Anyway, the questions came in from an episode that I dropped mm, a few episodes back about um, what I did in the wait when I was, after my divorce, I shared, you know, I'm a mom of boys. For those of you who are just coming in or just meeting me, I'm a mom of of two boys. I've been divorced since 2015. I am single right now. Um, I'm in the dating uh, arena, these dating streets. Uh, which is, oh my Lord, Whew. a whole nother episode, <laughs> to be honest. But I was talking about what I did, you know, in the wait, like how how did I occupy my time? How did I grow out of it? What did I get out of it? What did I do? And I, I shared a lot of things, one reading, a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, a lot of working on just being a better me, understanding what I wanted. And I don't even know how this came up, but the question came like, well, what did you learn that you're not going to do again so you don't mess up your next, you know, marriage or relationship? And and that's a great question, first of all. And I am able to answer that. I have given a lot of thought. It's so much... <laughs> I could probably write a book about it, but um, I have an answer. I have uh, three things that, the top three things that I would do differently that I learned out of my divorce that I'm going to carry into my next uh, marriage. I'm just going to say marriage because um, I don't want to be in dating streets forever. So I'll say marriage or I'll say relationship. How about that, that I'm working on. But I don't waste my time. So if I'm dating somebody, I'm just not in a relationship to be in one. It has to have an end game to it or a plan. So that's why I said marriage because I'm just not going to waste my time just sitting around dating for nothing. Anyway, so that's a whole other thing. The first thing, I think, you know, because I got married at 33, So I was already older. I feel like I was more mature at that age. My husband at the time was 36. And so, you know, we were seasoned. It's not like it was a young marriage and a young couple not really knowing, you know, what they were doing or who they were. I think we were very secure in who we were. But um, I would definitely speak My mind and say exactly what I needed, what I wanted, and what I expected, and what and express how me not getting those things was making me behave and feel. And, um, and you can take that a lot of different ways. I know people say, you know, well, you should always, you know, be your authentic self or be your your true self, but. I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say be authentic or be true because sometimes your authentic self is one that doesn't necessarily like conflict and avoids conflict. And and I know that I was married to someone who completely avoided conflict, like when he should have been in conflict. It was just sometimes when I'm like, you going to let him say that or... Why didn't you say something to them? And I'm and I don't like conflict. So for me to say you're gonna let that happen, you, you have to know it was serious because I'm also one who avoids conflict. And but that is dangerous because that's our authentic selves. would just avoid the conflict and avoid discussing and, and, and not argue or anything like that. And and that does a disservice to the other person because I feel like when I was avoiding conflict and or just, you know, because I dated him for seven years before we got married, you know, you kind of feel like you know each other. And there is a difference between knowing someone when you are dating them and they get you and you're quirky and knowing someone to marry you that you really almost start. Not new, but you start on another level of intimacy that you you probably don't know that you assume that person we've been together forever, they know better um and so I did that a lot, like okay, I know he knows better, or I just shut down like i'm not even I'm not gonna say anything about it and and that's that's just completely i I don't do that anymore. I, because I noticed that it wasn't only in my relationship and my marriage, but even probably in some of my personal relationships, you know, sometimes you just get along to get along. And, or you just say, you know, they ought to know better because just because you know better or you, your perspective you think is better doesn't mean the other person knows. And, and if you don't, with men, I have learned men are very much like, Just say it. You know, it's it's right. It's black and white. You know, you if you unless you're with an empath or somebody who really feels and can sense what you're feeling, and and they know. I mean, even those who aren't, they know when they messed up. But if you're with somebody who is avoiding conflict, like you're avoiding conflict, nobody's gonna say anything because because we're just not we're not gonna talk about it. (laughs) It's just gonna sit there, and and just grow, and and that's just the wrong thing to do. Uh, because you never really give the other person an opportunity to fix it or to continue to ignore it, then you know what you need to do next. If they say, okay, well, they know and you, they still don't do anything about it or there's no change behavior, that's another thing. But if you don't say anything and just speak your truth about what it is you need in a way that is not attacking, not you know, you know, I, you know, I don't like blah, blah, you know, I don't like to go to bed with the dishes in the sink, whatever the issue is, whether it's something minor or petty, or whether it's something big, um, speak on it. That's what I got from the divorce is a lot of times I just didn't speak on it. I was just assuming that, okay, you know, I don't like this or If I've told you one time I don't like something or something I don't like the way you did that, then I'm not going to tell you again. (laughs) That's, again, not fair. um, Because to think that somebody will remember or that they actually internalized it enough to do something about it, especially if it's something minor. But over time, minor things will add up and add up and add up and you will find yourself ticked off. Cause they ought to know better. Uh, you know, we've been together seven years. You know, I don't like that. You know, come on, get it together. And, but if you never say, I don't like it when this happens because it makes me feel blank, then all bets are off the table. And I think that is very important. that's one thing, not only that I learned to speak up, but to speak clearly, um, and then give a full a full reason, like you know, yeah, I don't like it when you turn the toilet paper that way, but there I mean that's that's ridiculous, like there's no like doesn't make me feel any kind of way, I just don't like it, but when it's something that is affecting your you emotionally affecting you spiritually or affecting your your peace, then you owe it to your. Significant other, your spouse, your your even your friend relationships, to say when something does not sit well with you, and then to explain how you feel as a result, and I think that's probably where um, that that was a nugget for me. That's where I was like, oh, I am uncomfortable when you say things like this because it puts me in a space of blah 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 that that's one um just speaking up and speaking on it just speak on it just tell it just say what it is that's bothering you and and give people some grace if they don't automatically know and if they do know because a lot of times he did know that something was bothering me, but he wasn't going to say anything. If I didn't say anything, say something so you can address it and get it out there. It might not even end in the result you want, but at least you have been fair in your argument in expressing that. So that's one. Two. Um, and this is one where... And this could really kind of be combined with one, I guess. But... Journaling um, is something that is very, it's important to me because I'm able to assess how I feel when I journal. So I don't know if I should say journal or if I should say assess how you really feel about something so that you can get to the root uh, of it. So, yeah, I will say this. Journaling, for me, is how I get the honesty out of me. Uh, But number two, I guess, would be assess how you truly feel. Assess where you are, emotional space, um, what is going on with you at that time. Assess it and think about it. So, you know, instead of just flying off, as soon as you something happens, and you just you know like, Ooh, I'm, I'm coming over there <laughs> before you do that. Before you do that, take a moment. At least for me, that's what I'm saying to the future relationship me. Take a moment, sit down, girl, in this chair. Go to your space. Go to your nook, and sit down and think about what it is you're really feeling, and determine the root cause, or try to get to the root before you attack the other person, before you approach the other person about, you know, what it is, why, why, why this ain't working, why this is just a mess. Um, because I think that is very valuable in any relationship, but especially in your love relationship, because I have found in journaling that I am more honest. Um, and I discovered that just through my prayer meditation, that when I sit down, and I and I know God knows. Right? It's not like I'm fooling him. Like he actually saw me do that thing I did that I'm not really telling him about as I confess. <laughs> but when I write, it frees me up to be more honest about me. And and it, and it gets to the root of what, what I'm really thinking. and And it may not, for some people, it may be going on a run. And really assessing how you're feeling. It it may be going for a walk or it may be just doing something that requires you to be alone with yourself for just a moment to really sit down and get to the issue. Because it, it might not be that he didn't feed the kids while you were gone, now you gotta come home and feed them and they're hungry as soon as you get in the door they're, mommy we're hungry, we haven't eaten, and it's a whole human in there that's your daddy, why didn't you ask daddy to feed you but that, that'll that tick you off, but assess, sit down and really think about what it is that really bothers you about that yeah it bothers me that my kids are hungry when I get home, when I've left a, a grown person with them and food in the house, and you know there's light and there's heat in the stove, but the bigger thing is, you know, the the partnership, you know, making sure that the kids are good so that when mommy comes home from work or wherever that she's not hit or slammed with things that your partner could have, you know, taken care of. you, You expect partnership work there. So that's where... It is important to just go sit down and address it. It's not about you didn't feed them. Although that's okay, I can go off right there. But it's, you know, thinking beyond just feeding them, you know, let me make sure the kids are taken care of because my partner has been working two jobs and is coming in the house. And I don't want them to get hit with things that I probably could have taken care of. Or I probably could have done to avoid that, and and so that was really that's really the issue. It was, you know, on the back end. Did you think about that on the back end? Why you didn't feed them? Maybe you did. Maybe you did. Um. So that's that's that. So I sit down, and I do this now. I mean. I will sit down and write out, not only do I do it with my prayer time, but I'll sit down and write out, you know, a situation that bothered me. And then I just keep writing, this is bothering me, this is why, I don't, I don't like this because this is bothering me. and I don't like this. And eventually, in in the writing, I get to the root. This is the thing that happened, but this is the root cause of why this bothered me so much. The, the real reason is this. And sometimes you'll find that you might be wrong. Like, I didn't say anything when this happened before. So this person doesn't know that this is a trigger or that this bothers me. I was wrong for that. I was wrong for not saying that. So I now got an attitude, but I never expressed honestly how it felt. So I think that solves a lot, and it could be. And not only that, it keeps you from flying off <laughs> all the time. Like, and as you get older, I'm 47. I'll be 48 in like a couple months. So, you know, when you get older, you really your tolerance level for for friggin' shenanigans is like really like I said, the 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 length of nat hair. Like, you really do not want to waste your time and your energy or your money doing things that, that are not going to be productive to your psyche, to your space, to whatever, your environment. So sitting down and taking a moment to assess those things helps you to come out of the gate knowing what the real issues are and attacking those issues. The third thing um, that... Oh, my goodness. I wish I had done this, not even just in my relationship. I wish I had done this in my singleness, too. Starting my day off alone. I mean, <laughs> you be with somebody, I'm not saying, like, move away. But, I mean, the time spent, uh, quiet time alone. I, I learned, I prayed during our marriage. But I would pray at night after our work day, after everybody was, you know, taken care of, children were, you know, had baths, everybody was in the bed and asleep. And then when the house is quiet, then I finally sit down and I go and I'd you know, do my prayer time, which really was a disservice to me because by the time I sat down I was tired and I'd be like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Almost like nodding off. But that time was so important to me that I did it, but I did it at night and I do the reverse of that now. And I'm taking that into the next relationship to get up early enough so that you have time for your prayer, for your meditation, for your journaling, for your yoga, for your, you know, water, whatever it is you need before you just start and and I think that causes a lot of stress, and that's what I was doing the entire time. Because when I got married, I was pregnant in three months, so it was kind of like married baby. So there was really no whole just getting up and just chilling or what y'all doing this weekend. I'm pregnant. I mean, I'm 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 pregnant. What, what you doing? I'm I'm being pregnant. So, so the whole year of newlywed stuff, you know, just that was out the window. And, and so as a young, young married mom or newly married, then I became a mama and I would start my day off running. And I did that with baby number one, baby number two. It was still just, I wake up, you know, and then I'm, I'm in the, kitchen and I'm getting, you know, food together, getting bottles together, getting stuff together. And then I'm going in and I'm making sure, you know, clothes are together. And, you know, you know, my husband might have been given a bath or something like that or giving them baths, but I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm making sure the little backpacks are packed with all their stuff and all the things. And then I'm trying to get ready for work and I'm rushing, 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 and I get them done. And if I'm dropping them off and I'm running to get them dropped off on time and then rushing to go drive to work,
1: it was exhausting.
0: Just even thinking about it now, looking back, I was killing myself and not giving not giving myself the time I needed to just start my day off calmly, thoughtfully, definitely praying first thing in the morning instead of in the evening. I mean, I do both now, but that morning time sets the tone for the whole day because I have time and quiet. And it does mean, yes, I sacrifice, I get up. An hour in advance or an hour ahead of everybody else. And it's 5 a.m. (laughs) ish. It's really early. But I wish I had done that when I was actually married. Because it would have saved me a lot of that stress and angst. And just like I just felt bombarded. Like I was just running. I, I never really felt like I relaxed because... I would pick the kids up from daycare and bring them home. And then, you know, I'm giving them snacks and I'm turning on the TV or whatever. And then I'm preparing dinner and I'm doing this. I'm doing them like, ah, you know. And at that time, not even in a gym, so not even a member of a gym. So what I used to find joy in was walking every evening. And I stopped doing that because I was like, well, I got to get these kids ready. I got to do this for tomorrow. I got to do blah, blah, blah. And so the one thing that really gave me joy was just walking and 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 getting them in strollers and pushing them around. I did it occasionally, but it was more of a hassle than it was worth. Um, and so that that alone just it's it changes your mood it, because if your partner, your spouse, is still going to the gym, is still you know playing basketball with the guys, is still you know, doing things that give him joy or give him peace or, you know, something that he just likes to do, you become resentful because you're like, look at this joke, he just living. And in marriages, I will say, especially with children, there's always going to be the parent, one parent who takes the lion's share of the work, especially when they're little. And usually it's the mom. Not always, Um, but usually it's the mom because the kids gravitate to mom. I mean, that's where the milk resides. So, of course, they're coming to wherever I am. They can smell me all over the house. Here they come. So, you know, by default a little bit, they're going to gravitate to you. And then also your partner, you know, has to be keyed in on maybe she's tired. Maybe I need to... I need to do something so that she just didn't get up. Because I mean, I, I literally, I would hop up. I don't know. It was like somebody fired a cannon or something. i just hop up and just, And then I was on the go all day long. And then I'm at work and I'm cranking it out at work. Because I'm working. It's not like I was a stay-at-home mom. And then I'm, you know, batting it, coming down the highway, getting home, getting the kids, cranking out dinner, cranking out things. And it's just like constant. A constant grind, and then you do it all over again the next day. I, and I, that's, I mean, Friday is my favorite day of the week, always has been. And I'm not saying that because I was living for Friday, but man, I used to dread Sundays. I would actually dread Sunday. I mean, other than church, of course, I enjoyed that, enjoyed fellowshiping. But as soon as church was over, I was like, Ugh. it was like a dark cloud, like, oh, I got to do it all over again. I'm tired. And that also goes back to, number one, verbalizing how you're feeling um, and sharing with your partner, like, look, I cannot get up at the crack of dawn and just start running every day. Uh, But that was on me too because now I get up at the crack of dawn, but it's for the benefit of me and my family. (laughs) We We all get along so much better when mommy has her prayer time and if I miss it because sometimes I oversleep or I've got a lot going on or or something and I'll try to build it into a lunch hour which I don't really when you work from home at least for me I don't really take lunch I'm just working constantly but if I miss my prayer time in the morning I will set aside I'm going to block that time off and get that time in because I'm still it's alone I'm alone it's quiet and, and I've done something to feed my soul with that and nurture myself before I move about, you know, the cabin freely. Um, but those are the three things. Definitely speak up, tell exactly what you feel, what you need and why, what happens to you when those things don't happen um, so that you can at least have a dialogue. It, like I said, doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. There's a dialogue happening. Two, sit down and assess the root cause of the things that are bothering you. Like, Because they'll pile on and then something so tiny will happen. You will blow up. And it's not even about that tiny thing. So definitely assess that. And then three, start your day with you. You know, your time. Start your day in a quiet place. In a setting where... You can feed your soul, feed your spirit, you know, get things right, get on the right page with God, set the intention for the day, you know, where do you, where do you want me to be? What's going on? You know, just let me, let me start my day off there and, and start the day off quiet. Everything's just going off today. I mean, I, I thought I silenced everything and stuff. It's just pinging anyway, but anyway, Um, start your day off with you quietly sitting down, getting that time, getting your yoga on, getting your workout on. I feel so much better, y'all. When I sit in that chair and I have my prayer time, I have my meditation time, I have my workout time, I drink my water, and then I start my day. Start off and then get the kids up. So much better. That's it, y'all. That's those are my three. That's those are the things that I've learned. That's a great question. You know, thank you for asking. That's what I took out of my divorce that I am going to take into my next marriage is as is, is that. That that sets the tone. And and, in, and even in my dating, dating life as well. I shouldn't just say next marriage, like I'm about to just hop off and get married. But in dating, those things are key in your friendships they're important it's just as important as in your friendships to tell people how you really feel and what's happening so that you know your relationship stays solid um it's important but you got to be honest with yourself first and that's what this girl has learned to do so y'all thank you guys um for coming in the living room, for riding with me. I hope this was helpful for someone, um, the, at least for the person who asked the question. But, you know, I don't want to just be my, those are my top three. You know, what are yours? What did you learn from a past relationship or things you did in your past relationship that have made you better going into your next um, and whatever that looks like? I I mean, share it, get in the comments, tell us, you know, and let us know what you want to talk about, because this is life, this is how, you know, we grow from each other, this is our little community of lifers, so get into it, let me know what you think, thank you for riding with us again today, thank you for coming into the living room, you know, as I always say, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and I will see you, In the living room baby. With the tea. When I see.